Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We're back. It is the Philosopher's Stone podcast, new and improved. Hopefully, 2022 is going to be the year of consistency and quality. That's our promise to you. How was your holiday season, Sam? Uh, it was great. Um, I'm really glad that we are going all in and saying that 2020 is going to 2022 is going to have no unexpected surprises that could affect the podcast. I think that's a really smart bet. Um, really smart bet to make right out of the gate here. Um, I had a pretty good holidays. Uh, got uh, did a lot of drinking, a lot of eating. Um, nice. I tried Bailey's for the first time. I don't. I'm not a Bailey's. Guy. I'm not a Bailey's guy. I've realized. Not a Bailey's in coffee? guy. Not even in coffee. Um. No. I mean, definitely not straight. I don't think you're supposed to drink it straight at all. No. I mean, it's like it is like cream and sugar and alcohol, like all mixed together. Like, yeah, it's everything your body, the, everything that kills your body in one bottle. And it tastes so good. Ugh. Yeah, it's all, um, I remember one time I brought a bottle up to Big White with me when I was like 15 and I got hammered off of it. And it was <laughs> the worst hangover I've ever had. Just throwing up milk. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It's too much dairy and too much booze piling on top of each other. Yeah. I mean, it's, I scary. Bought- it, it's scary that a bottle of cream can sit at room temperature for weeks. And not yeah. not go bad at all. <laughs> well, you know, in Germany, they never refrigerate. They never refrigerated their freaking milk, and it tasted completely different, like completely different. So I'm like guessing all, they, they added some some crazy shit in there to make it not go bad. But you just come know. down and like on the breakfast table, there would be a jar of milk. <laughs> ah, just room temperature. Yeah, and it tastes ah. weird. Yeah, that was like yeah. Germans are weird with their like their milk. Like my dad would drink buttermilk out of the carton just straight that's thick that is that's thick. nasty <laughs> you yeah. might as well just eat a spoonful of butter at that point ah uh, buttermilk is like curdled milk yeah gross yeah it's like you can make it by adding lemon juice to milk and stirring it up that creates buttermilk gross um, well <laughs> i had covid over the holidays it was a very uh, it was a very chaotic holiday break for me, and to top it off, it was uh, a week and a half, I'd say, of illness. Got the Omicron, got that fancy shit. So you got the supposedly milder variant, supposedly. Yeah, yeah I mean, we. I think like I checked off all the boxes for Omicron as far as symptoms go, but we definitely mm-hmm. got it. Me and Chelsea got it the worst out of anyone I knew that had it at the same time as us. Wow. Everybody else kind of got like a, you know, a slap on the wrist. Well, me and her were like laid out for a week pretty much. Mm-hmm. Damn. So, Do you have any idea how you, how you got it? Uh, we Did have someone a, cough we, on you. No, but we suspect we know like where, where, uh, they might've gotten it originally, um, from their neighbor, but we don't know that for sure. Hmm. Damn. Just kicking my cats out of the podcast room. Yeah. Anyways, anyone can get it. I think my brother might have it right now, actually. So he suspects. 
And if you even suspect that you have it, like you pretty much have to isolate yourself. Yeah. Cause the tests aren't even, aren't, aren't super reliable anymore. No. Right. You could take a test and then like the next day, take another test and be positive, even though you're negative the first time. Anyways, I didn't leave my basement suite for 11 days straight, I think, or 12, maybe it might've been except Jesus. for once for like 20 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> wasn't that bad. That was terrible. Wasn't that, I thought it would be worse. I thought it would be a lot worse, but it wasn't that bad. What was the saving saving grace of being stuck in a basement? Like what got you through? What got you through it? What was your Wilson? My Wilson? Well, my fiance <laughs> was with me the whole time. And luckily okay. we can, we That's have great. a we have a very high tolerance for each other being <laughs> around all the time. Like we didn't I didn't she didn't I didn't get annoyed with her the entire time, which is a miracle. Actually a good awesome. test of a relationship is the it is. It is. That's that's because me and uh, and Hannah we had to quarantine for two weeks together, mm-hmm. and we got through it without any sort of like conflicts whatsoever. And we bo- we both thought that was also a it is hallmark. A lot of couples would a, not be able to yeah. do that. I, no. I can tell you that much. Definitely not. <laughs> I know couples that can't be around each other for a, the duration of a dinner. Oh my god! Well, that was like the whole. That was one of the huge stories at the start of the pandemic was divorce rates just skyrocketing like all over the world. Yeah, couples were um, just like, I can't do this. Not surprising. I moved in with my girlfriend during the pandemic, which is also, you know, I mean, could be considered a risk, but it worked mm. out great. Yeah. I mean, I still got to play. Like, I was pretty much too tired to do anything for a week, so I just like we just like plowed a TV. And uh, nice. some Netflix shows and a lot of tea. Drank more tea in that week than I had in the last like five years combined. <laughs> tea and soup was the key. Nice. nice. And after like a week, it was pretty much run its course, just like lingering symptoms. I did. I was able to like play some drums after like five days, so that kept me entertained for a couple hours. But yeah, definitely didn't see the outside world for quite a bit there. And it wasn't that bad. I could do it again. I'll do it again right now. Yeah, we don't really need the outside world at this point. Like, no, you get everything delivered. <laughs> Never, uh, yeah. I mean, you. Well, we've got VR. We've got video games that are more, more, more fun. Like, it's more fun to go play outside in a video game than it is to go play outside in the real world. I think. Well, that's the thing is that every time we looked outside, it was like another <laughs> foot of snow had snowed here. So we're like, you know what? This is a good. Like, if it was. <laughs> Quarantining in the good months of summer and spring would be a lot harder, but like I had no desire. That would suck. Yeah, like I'd just look at my Jeep and be like, I don't want to brush all that snow off. I don't. I don't want to go anywhere anyway. So it was fine. It's perfect. The, yeah, the, it's like a and the level of what they call FOMO was low because no one was doing <laughs> shit. So mm-hmm. yeah, went and did uh, my first show in like three weeks last weekend. It's cool. good surprised that people are still coming out to shows when there's so much it's like everybody that is out there must have just like recovered from it essentially or just doesn't give a shit at all Mm. yeah everything's everything's shut down in in ontario no comedy yeah we still got i think bonnie henry like our health minister she's just kind of like it's now up to like individual companies to decide what the best thing to do is besides gyms Mm. there's a big hubaloo over gyms that are defying orders around here (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm biased. I don't really go to the gym, so I don't really give a shit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the big stand going on around my city. The gym bros really need to get to the gym where they, it's all under the guise of mental health, which I'm not saying isn't true. I'm just saying some of you just want to get to the gym so you can get pumped up. <laughs> Like mental health is probably not the top of your list on a lot of these people, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. Like they say like exercise is good for your mental health. And I think that it is, but I think a lot of people abuse exercise to the point that it's bad for their physical and mental health. I don't, I think if you, if you're so mad, the gyms are closed that you are going to like hug yourself off a building, then like (laughs) (laughs) you you need to figure out some more avenues to keep your mental health in check. That's what, that's what I've I've been, the impression I'm getting from a lot of these people is like, if they don't have the gym, their mental health plummets to absolute zero where I'm Mm -hmm. out here. I haven't worked out in months and I'm fine. (laughs) Like I, I just must have such a. Such a, a fortress, a fortress going on here in my mental state. I don't know. Mind just, fortress. No cracks in the walls over here. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm so Definitely far not. gone, I don't even realize what it's like to have good mental health. So yeah, your your fortress is like a like a wooden shack with a thatched roof, and there's a bunch of a bunch of rats living in the straw. Yeah, but that's all I've ever known. So I'm like, this is nice. This is luxury. <laughs> Yeah. Well, any, uh, hopefully we can, I mean, hopefully this last variant is the last variant and we can all get the hell back to where we were before at some point, you know, full, full, full cap in those. Full Full capacity. Uh, Yeah. Full cap or no cap. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, this is a tricky one because from what I've read, and again, not a doctor, but from what I've read, because this is like this new disease that has broken out, they don't know which way it's going to evolve yet. And it could evolve to become less virulent and like more contagious. And then it just becomes like the flu, like the cold, like it's just sort of always around. Yeah. Or it could go the other way and it could become more virulent and like more dangerous. So they're not even... They're not even they don't really know. like a mutation from the original strain anymore. They think it's something completely new. Is that what you're well, saying? Well, no, like that's the thing is like every time, every time the virus goes into a cell in your body, that's a chance for the virus to mutate into a new strain. And so right. they are, they're constantly mutating into new strains and then the new strains mute into, mutate into new strains and then the new strains mutate into new strains and it just keeps mutating. And they've never seen the virus before so they can't predict how it's going to evolve so from the original strain it could keep it could either it could be the case that omicron becomes so dominant that all future viruses just get milder and milder and omicron just knocks everything out or uh or it could go the other way and omicron could mutate into something more deadly like they just they just really don't know so it's uh. like Good Lord. It's so hard to predict what's going to happen. Nobody really knows. And I don't know. I feel like they're not. I feel like maybe. But people don't know. People people want certainty. People want hope. And every time that hope gets dashed, it's just going to lead to more and more resentment 
and then uh and then global anarchy will will occur well i'm glad uh glad we <laughs> i miss talking to you man really <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding <laughs> it's all gonna be fine yeah. i i'm of the hope that this is the you know this is the one that gets us that it's mutated down to something where it doesn't kill its host. And now it's going to be like, I guess the virus isn't out there consciously making decisions. So kind of a dumb theory, but maybe this will be the one that like kind of is like the most successful as far as what a virus wants to do, quote unquote, wants. Right. If this is the most successful version of it. Then I guess that won't stop it from mutating anyways. Right. <laughs> I don't no like yeah so hopefully things happen like they happen in south africa and it peaks and then it goes down really low um that's all you can hope for but with so many people getting infected the odds of more variants go up the more people who get infected the more chances there are for the virus to mutate so it's weird like this it's so similar there's this video game called plague inc yeah. You ever heard of that? Um, no. So it's, it's this game where basically the goal of the game is you design a, uh, a either a bacteria or a virus. Maybe you can do mushrooms as well. I'm not sure. You, d- you design like some sort of bacteria or virus to try and infect everyone in the world and like kill everybody in the world if you can. And the way to beat that game, if, if you want to beat that game, you can't have the virus start as like really scary because if the virus starts out as really scary governments like lock down their countries, they invest tons of money in vaccines and they, they, uh, exterminate, they, uh, what's it called? Eradicate the virus. So if you want to beat that game, what you have to do is you have to start the virus out very like almost like invisible, like extremely contagious, but like very mild symptoms. So no one notices it. And before long, everyone in the world is infected. And then what you do is you mutate the virus into something deadly and it just kills everybody. Jesus. And that's like, yeah. And that's like weird because that's almost sort of similar to like what's happening with, with COVID in some ways is like, it seems so mild that it just like nobody notices it almost. And it just spreads and spreads and spreads until everybody has it. And then worst then case what, scenario. I don't get it. Then it mutates within the people that have it already. Mm, yeah. Well, so plague Inc is different because like, it's like a role-playing game, but for a virus. So like, as you infect more people, you get like skill points that you can invest in, like different symptoms. Like you can invest. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Who came cool. up with this? Was it? A I don't Chinese know. I, or tell me right now. No, I think the CIA came up with it working with Bill Gates and uh, oh, Epstein. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, um, well, maybe 20, 2022 <laughs> will not be the year of consistency and quality. It'll be the year of fear and uh, not seeing the outdoors for long periods of time. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's probably just because I watched a movie about the Black Plague. Um, great movie to check out, Benedetta. Great Benedetta? Movie. Yeah. Sounds Imagine like if... Okay, here, here, yeah, here's... Um, Here's, here's like my pitch for this movie. The director of Starship Troopers and RoboCop directs a movie set in 13th century France in the midst of the bubonic plague in a convent full of nuns who get up to some, shall we say, sapphic 
delights. Sapphic. I don't know what that word is, but Lesbians. something tells me it has something to do with flicking the bean. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, lots of blasphemy. Well, you, based you on have, real events. You had me at Sapphic pleasures. <laughs> uh, so I'll check it out. Yeah. It's really uh, good. Really good movie. Oh, I went and saw Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man. Oh, nice. Have you, you seen it? Yes, I have seen it. I thought it was excellent. I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah, it was really good. It was uh it was so funny. Like I'm not a huge fan, but I was able to see it opening night. Yeah. And I was sitting next and like the audience was like going nuts. Like whenever like when Andrew Garfield showed up, like everyone was like cheering. Yeah. And I remember at one point, uh when the like the two villains show up, like when Electro oh, shows spoiler up. Alert. Was, spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> uh when uh the guy next to me just was like, Oh, Electro. see when i went there was like 10 people in the whole theater so it wasn't uh didn't even notice anyone was around me but i was still having a good time um chelsea cried for about 30 minutes straight for the end third act (laughs) every marvel movie every marvel movie she can't handle it she weeps weeps openly (laughs) anyways it's adorable do we have a subject we're going to discuss? This is a philosophy podcast still, right? Yes, we are maintaining the philosophy podcast as like our gimmick. Okay, gimmicks are good. Um, so we can talk about this one if we have time left over. We could like, have, we could like do another topic as well if we want to. But so this topic, you know, like as, as you can probably tell, the apocalypse is on my mind. I'm thinking yeah. a lot about the end of the world and how it would play out. And so I thought we could do a fun little scenario uh, called the apocalypse draft. All right. Yeah. So here's, here's the scenario. Basically uh, imagine that you are basically in charge of. So, so, okay. So sorry, here's the scenario. So we imagine there's some sort of crisis that happens where earth is going to be uninhabitable or maybe like the surface of the earth is going to be uninhabitable or something. And so people have to leave. They have to leave earth on big spaceships that will take them to alpha Centauri. But the catch is there's not enough space on the spaceships for everybody on the earth. In fact, you can probably only save 10 million people. Out of all 8 billion. Well, space it's, lottery. It's my dream again. Space lottery. Oh, I didn't think of that. Um, so basically, and then you are basically in charge of deciding who gets on the ships and who gets left behind and what measures you are willing to take to ensure that nobody gets on the ship who isn't supposed to be on the ship. So how would I make that decision? Which 10 mil yeah. get on? Who, who, you, who do you draft? Who's in your apocalypse draft? And to well, make it easier. I'm the, ultimate, yeah. I'm the ultimate decider on this. You're the decider. Okay. Well, I guess whoever bribes me the hardest. Oh, okay. <laughs> the I capitalist approach. I, I guess I can't sift through 10 million bribes. So I'd have to come up with a different, maybe a lottery of some type. 
but then you could end up with a bunch of you could get 10 million duds you get 10 million <laughs> joneses on your ship just <laughs> at each other nice yeah uh yeah the lottery one the the lottery one i actually didn't think of that one but that one is probably has the advantage of being the most fair would you agree the most fair for sure, but it's yeah. like, is it the most beneficial for the uh, humans that are getting launched <laughs> into space, right? You get 10 mm-hmm. million people that are useless or all have the same skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So basically, right off the bat, you can only take 10 million people. There's 8 billion people. The fairest way to do it is with a lottery. But right off, but you're, but you have to, but you're going to be like in charge. You're going to go with them to the planet where you have to make a new society. So maybe the fairest, the fairest way is not, not good because your society might suck. You might have no doctors. Yeah. That would be bad. You might have no, um, people who know how to give a haircut. That would be less bad (laughs) by a a large margin. (laughs) you know, bowl the, cuts. everybody the in this <laughs> society, they're all rocking bowl cuts. Yeah. There's a, there's a robot barber, but it can only buzz or bowl cut. Yeah. <laughs> so then you, obviously two factions form the bulls versus the buzzed. And then there's a huge civil war. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. There's a, you know, the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Yeah. They did. They had like this one, like, like scenario where, um, the main characters like act like accidentally go back in time on earth and like these ships arrive and like all these people, all these humans get off and they're all like, uh, like barbers and like lawyers and like door to door salesmen and just like people who are like, like considered like useless. Yeah. And they're like, Oh yeah, well our planet was ending. So they chose all the most valuable members of society ourselves, the telemarketers, the barbers, put them on ships and, and sent us here. And then they figured out that it was all just like a trick to get rid of everyone. To get rid of them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all the door to door salesmen, yeah. uh, not multi-level marketing people. Yeah, exactly. So the, the joke is the human race is descended from like middle management and like just useless <laughs> roles. That's hilarious. Yeah. No, so no we want to avoid barbers that. out there though. We, I respect, no, no, no. respect your barbers. Yeah, I, I think barbers are essential. They are essential service, but I don't think they're uh, you know worth making a poster uh, saying I need a haircut in the middle of a pandemic and marching <laughs> down the middle of the goddamn city. If that's like your main thing that you need, uh, your life has been significantly easier than most people's. Yeah, your life is great. Okay, so fairness is out. You fairness can't go with is- the most fair. Well, you could look at it this way. You could say it's unfair to not set them up for the most success. You know, Mm. if you're a kid that gets born on the new planet or whatever in Alpha Centauri, and then you realize at 15 year old at 15 years old that you don't have enough doctors and engineers on the new planet because they weren't they weren't lucky enough to win the lottery. You're going to see you're going to think it was pretty unfair way to choose the fate of the of the new human colony. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it has to be fair for the future generations. That's a good point. Yeah, so, so maybe we should keep fairness. Just we have to rethink how it works. You got to redefine 
redefine fair. Mm, I like that. Um, Can we okay. just acknowledge that me and you would probably neither of us would make it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'd get on there. I, Why do you uh, get on there? I have uh, some legal background. I have some legal training. Um, Wait, you think the courts are going to be jammed up at the new new location, Alpha Centauri? Hey, it's a wide open new planet, uh, un- untamed. Um, people are going to be in, getting into disputes over property, I'm sure. Um, where do we draw the line? I'm sure there will be room for some legal services. Ten million, Sam. Ten million. Um, com- people, though, comedy people needs people need need, need comedy. Um, Again, how many comedians are they getting a, a lot for this? What ten? Mm, yeah, for ten million. Yeah, the best thing we'd have going yeah. for us is that we're young. That oh, we but have- yeah, yeah. Damn, this is tough. Um, yeah. This is hard. Uh, okay, so yeah, we might not make it on, um, but maybe we'll know someone important, and we could. To use corruption to get in. Okay, yeah. so corruption is still in play here. Okay, both my cats yeah. are running around. I'm scared they're going to freaking rip all the cords out of my thing here. Get the hell out of here. So, oh, and of course, there will be an, a ship reserved for animals and, and plants and, and whatnot to bring over as well. Um, yeah, they need those. But, I mean, would you want to be on the ship? Oh well, here's the thing you 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 get like cryogenically put to sleep. It's a blink of an eye for you. Like the planet, how, how bad is are things on Earth? That we're like, what? How, how soon is it going to be like everybody's dead on Earth? Because well, I, I, the scenario I thought was basically they find out that like within about a hundred years the sun is going to like explode or something. And you just, you cannot be in the solar system. You have to be very far away. Like you can't just go to a moon or something. Like you have to get out of the solar system and be very far away. Right. And you have a hundred years to build these ships and get ready. Now you got to take into account. Is it worth it to send people that are like, you know, uh, over a certain age, right? If they're going to die within 20 years of being in, uh, in uh, the new place, was it worth it to send them? Good point. Yeah. Do we really need elders? Um, Our, good point. I'm sure we do, but do like you would have to kind of factor that into how many people over 60 get to right. go, right? I think you probably want to skew, you want to go for the bell curve. Or no, not the bell curve. What's the one where it like peaks in the middle and it like is low on the both ends? It's like higher uh, in the middle. Is that a bell curve? I think that's a bell curve. It's shaped like a bell. Call it like a sine wave. If it starts going back sine up. Wave. Sine wave is more of a it's a, it's a high and then down below the starting yeah. point. Oh, yeah, I right. think you're talking about you're, that's a bell curve. It's like Jaws, like Jaws coming out of the water and then you draw a line over it. And the old right. people are where his teeth are in the middle age young people are like at the snout excellent visual oh, thank you cool. <laughs> yeah so yeah i think yeah you want to skew a bit younger but not too young because you can't send a bunch of babies that wouldn't work no uh, no you can't not unless they're all boss babies <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh 
So the journey itself will take about 70,000 years. And then when they get there, they have to terraform one of the planets. And that could take up to a million years to terraform a planet. Not sure how long. Um, but they'll be asleep for the whole thing. For the entire terraform part too? Yeah. Like somehow they have the technology. A million and 70,000. Everybody's going to be asleep. Yeah, somehow. Okay. Somehow. Um, that's what you got to do if you want to if you want your civilization to go interstellar, you have to be, unless you can find a way to At travel that faster point, than you light. You want to ask yourself, is our civilization worth preserving? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of time to go by. Yeah. The crazy, like, like supposedly like the technology that we're imagining works and they can preserve the bodies for over, for a million years and then rivet, revive them. It would only be like a blink of an eye had gone by, I think. It makes me wonder if that is a thing that's happening right now where there's some species all in one ship, all sleeping. They've been sleeping for like half a million years already and they're not going to awaken for another million and they're just drifting through space. No one's there. They could have have drifted right by our galaxy and there was just no one awake to respond to any of our signals. It's crazy. There's a... There's a sci-fi novel that they're planning to adapt into a movie. Um, the guy who directed Dune is going to do it called Rendezvous with Rama. And it's a similar thing where this huge alien ship shows up in the solar system and they, the humans go to explore it. And uh, it's like the aliens are like waking up as they're on the ship. But the aliens are like so different that they like don't even realize that people are there. And then they just keep going and they leave the solar system. It's Interesting. Really, really cool story. Yeah. I that always fascinates me that idea that you could be in the presence of some sort of intelligent being and you might be so different from each other that you wouldn't even recognize each other if you're in the same room as intelligent. Mm. Yeah. I felt like that around a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Solaris the is another great movie and novel about that, about like an intelligent planet. That's a really good one. Um, okay. So there are a couple of different, we can look at some other approaches, like how other philosophers would approach the draft, the, uh, the apocalypse draft. So probably the coolest one would, or an interesting one would be how would Nietzsche choose his people to leave earth? Who would Nietzsche select? Who would he select? Yeah. Uh, The Ubermensch. I'm starting to start. Oh, the, he's the Ubermensch guy. He's the Ubermensch guy. So humans like are a stepping stone to the every Ubermensch. Every professional athlete would get <laughs> get on there, right? Uh huh. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he wants. He definitely wants physical physical power. Right. The warrior uh, aristocrat is his ideal. Yeah. So anyone that has any sort of uh, weakness, physical or mental, you're cut. You're not coming, right? Except for Nietzsche, he, he can go. Yeah, he's the only one. <laughs> for, in his mind, he is just—he's he's an alternative Uberman. <laughs> the alt scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, for Nietzsche, it would be easy because for him, the lives of most people are just trivial and not important. Um. So basically, he 
it's pretty easy for him. He picks like the cream of the crop from his perspective. So people who, who, uh, who, ex- who, who exemplify the traits that he likes, like pride. Um, the, this is the quote from Nietzsche about what he thought was great. Um, pride, pathos, exuberant spirits, splendid animalism, instincts of war and conquest, passion, revenge, anger, adventure, and knowledge, stuff like that. So he'd want, he'd want those people. Um, I find then, it fascinating that he didn't embody any of that and that that's his highest <laughs> ideal. He didn't even cut himself out a little slice of that. Like also uh, bedridden from time to time. Yeah. He was apparently a very good horse rider, but uh, yeah, he got sick and he was, yeah, he was, he was just a, like a insane person. Um, but I think he would still want to bring a bunch of randoms because his whole thing is like this sort of master slave dynamic. And so who are like the suit, the Ubermensch are great, but you can't really be a warrior aristocrat. If you don't have a bunch of losers, you can boss around and go fight your war for you. So he's going to have to bring some, some people for entertainment, you know, to like perform experiments. Right. Because like he only someone, right? Yeah. They need people to bully, to boss around. Um, musicians Otherwise, that need entertainment. The Ubermensch. If everybody's an Ubermensch, no one's an Ubermensch, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta have the. You have to have the contrast to even know. Yeah. For the the, the idea to even really work. Mm-hmm. Right. If yeah. we could all be in the NFL, no one's gonna be bragging about being in the NFL. Yeah. I I had one thought that maybe. Uh, but and and like for him, like he wants humans to like he thinks humans are like a stepping stone for a higher level of being called the Ubermensch. So he, right. he so would Ubermensch he wants, is like a, it's a concept of that doesn't quite really exist in reality just yet. It's like the next step in evolution. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I wonder if he would want to do like some sort of tournament or contest to see who gets on like, Prove Ooh. you have the will to power. Like, prove, prove to me you deserve to be on my ship. Squid Games, baby. Squid Games, yeah. I think you would do a Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we must do a Squid Game. We must squid the game. Yeah. <laughs> Except for now, it's ten million contestants. Oh man, yeah. Because you wouldn't want to. Like, obviously, it couldn't just be straight physical prowess. Like, there's obviously no. you want. You want cleverness and like resourcefulness. And, yeah. De- uh, courage, determination. Yeah. yeah. So he would th- th- like a big hunger game scenario. Mm-hmm. Just everybody on planet earth fights for these 10 million spots. The biggest tournament of them all. Yeah. No rules. No whatsoever. rules. No rules. So what would be Except like for Nietzsche be gets on. That's the one rule. Nietzsche gets on. Well, the Nietzsche's going to be the guy <laughs> in the high tower, just watching everything with the freaking his leaf crown. Like he's Julius Caesar out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in his, but, in his okay, in this scenario, how do you secure a spot? Do you have to um, get, you have to acquire something? Maybe they're just like the Willy Wonka golden ticket thing. <laughs> except for the, You can steal it and kill someone for theirs. As long as you get the ticket, and then make it to a certain location. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's a big circle drawn in, in the sand in mm. the Mojave Desert. And if you walk 
into that circle with one of the golden tickets, you're on the fucking ship. Oh, you get like beamed up. Like it's like your key to get like beamed up. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. Yeah. And then it's just all about like, what do you do to like get there? Cause like, there's no rules. There's going to be like people flying jets and like tanks and stuff, like trying to battle each other to get there. Well, yeah. You don't want to put any limitations on people's abilities. Yeah, man, that would be like the ultimate, uh, ultimate tournament of strategy. Like, yeah. if you could get on that, like you would, you would deserve to be on that ship. Well, You'd I think what would happen is there'd be a ton of people that just go to the circle and essentially build a barricade and just mm. steal the tickets from people that are trying to get in there. So you'd have to, there would have that would be definitely a strategy. A lot of people try to adapt. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Then, like, maybe governments would get involved and they'd be, like, using armies and stuff. But then the armies, anyone that's in the army is almost, like, guaranteed to not make it, right? So why would you fight for someone? Yeah, well, why would you, what would be the the motive to fight for anyone other than yourself? Here would have, there would have to be a, a deal where if you get on, right, you get on, you win the contest, you can select your... Like you're like a feudal lord, basically, for Nietzsche. So you get to select your house that you would take with you. Like your Which is how many soldiers, members? your cooks, your cleaners, your family members. So Everybody you probably get one, like a one stand up comedian, so choose wisely. One one jester, <laughs> one court jester. <laughs> one jester. <laughs> one house they've only seen Seinfeld, so they get Kramer as their one stand up. <laughs> 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 get randomly assigned a court gesture. <laughs> oh man um yeah so that'd be interesting that'd be interesting but and then the only way it could go wrong gonna be leaving room for you know the intellectual sect to make it right well you have to bring you'd have to bring like court scientists as well who can You'd have to bring your scientists, your eggheads, your nerds, fucking nerds, to like design new weapons for you and stuff, and like divine serums to amp up your body and shit. <laughs> so <laughs> we're already setting up the new colony for all-out war. As soon as oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ten oh, great yeah. houses and all with their own armies and scientists and jesters. <laughs> Chester's, uh, you get one band, you get one uh, musical talent to bring. One musical talent, one <laughs> painter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. You can choose one video game console. Yeah. <laughs> this is an Xbox one. ship. God damn it! So if one house, they already claimed the the the, the PlayStation. Another one's already got an Xbox. Someone's yeah. ended up with a Sega Genesis, and they're going to ah. be. They're going to be left in the dark ages of the video GameCube. Game. <laughs> GameCube had some good shit on there, but yeah. like Sega yeah. was a mostly you were, you're playing Sonic or you're playing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. That would be like the best. Uh, that would be the, the planet that eventually gets settled. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold out much hope for it lasting very long before it gets annihilated. In all no, you would like to think that, there would be a strong sense of we got to unite and not kill each other to make it sure our <laughs> species survives. But yeah, 
humans just can't help but kill each other. They just can't help Again. it. They have yeah. to find a difference and they get angry about it and then they kill each other. It's just, yeah. it's one of the worst defects of our like biology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully we can evolve past it. Um, some would say we, we can't evolve past it and we might as well just all kill ourselves. Well, I don't know if killing yourselves is the next step once you like, <laughs> even if humanity as a whole, well, here's the thing. Humanity is going to come to an end eventually, right? It's this time. Time is just such a, such a, it, it kills all a time erases all. Hmm. And what if we could become masters of time? Well, now you're Whoa. talking language. What are you talking <laughs> about? Like if we can reverse time or stop time, live in a time warp. Yeah, any of those. Well, yeah, like basically somehow um, not not just become immortal in our own bodies, like biologically immortal, but like able to go back and forth in time at will. So you can always, so you never have to go to the end of the universe and get wiped out by however the universe ends. So, yeah, but there's just so many... Um paradoxes that would come into play if you're going back yeah. into time yeah. uh but here's an option since i've been watching some marvel movies nope. the multiverse, multiverse yes. right yes. Instead, of, instead of like stopping time or or whatever when your universe is coming to its natural end you just jump into a younger multiverse universe that still has mm-hmm. a lot of time on so yeah. essentially you could continue on jumping from universe to universe. I don't know my physics well enough almost at all. In fact, I don't know physics at all, but from what I understand, there's going to be something called a heat death. Uh, Cause the universe is expanding. It's going to expand so far that everything's just going to kind of spread apart to a point where like nothing exists, uh, something like that. It's an inev- inevitable doom of the universe, but I don't know if that includes all possible universes or just each individual will go through that that um yeah i don't i'm not uh i'm not enough up on my physics either but i would i would say that that's just happens in this universe and it might happen in other universes too but there might be a possible universe where that doesn't happen Uh, see like when we're talking about the big bang we're not talking about the creation of all the multiverse no. are we are we talking about no. what just ours just ours just ours okay there yeah. you go so in theory and i'm gonna write my thesis on this um just a freestyle thesis not for anyone um <laughs> that you could live forever if you manage to get out of your universe before it's inevitable demise and kind of just mm-hmm. jump jump from one to one from one to the other for, I don't know, forever. See, as soon as you start talking about eternity, it's like what's going to motivate any thing to want to just last forever. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, uh, I feel like it's not so much that you want to live forever is that I think a lot of people don't want to end like their ego can't handle it. That's what I think it is, is the thought of not existing is so terrifying that people don't stop and think about how 
equally terrifying never not existing would mm. be. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yeah, we may be enslaved by our egos to like be forced into this never ending existence. Well, it's also just like the evolutionary impulse to not want to die. Right. So, so strong. Like, yeah. It's so strong that it might be clouding the, uh, the, you know, the balance that nothing should last for an eternity. I don't think the, like, it's very weird to think about because it, it seems like eternity is a real thing, but the thought of being like a sentient conscious being for eternity is a terrifying thought. And it's also terrifying to imagine never existing again for eternity. Mm-hmm. Which one is less terrifying? Probably the one where you don't exist for eternity. Yeah. Maybe we could do like a, uh, like a pause kind of thing where like you live for a while and then you're like ready to take a break. So you just pause and then you can come back in like five billion years or something. You wake up again and you're like, oh, cool. Do you remember your past life? Like, do you feel like you've been gone for five billion years? Like you feel like you took a nap and now you're ready to continue on. Is that what you're saying? Like your fatigue I mean, of existing has gone now? I mean, you might have some cramps when you wake up at first. It's probably going to happen. 40,000 years. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> yeah. You're such a kink in the neck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's that from? Aladdin. That's Aladdin, when, nice. When the genie comes out. <laughs> Something like that. Robin Williams always playing characters who are like thrown out of time and then come back and they're all confused. <laughs> yeah. Jumanji. <laughs> right. What else? That's probably it. <laughs> well, I kind of like this this idea of of being able to shut your consciousness off for long periods of time, but not have it feel like you just it did like you wanted to be able to feel like you weren't around for a long time, so that like you have like now, <laughs> you know, okay, let's get back into the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you want to show up at your at your friend's house like, hey, it's me, and everyone's like, hey, oh my god, <laughs> remember me, remember me. But like the whole point is to like is to get out of the hell of eternally existing. So right. you would need to feel like you've been you've been gone for a long time. And yet, like you, like you said, you want to, you want to feel ready to get back on the horse when you wake mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then yeah. even that, how many, how many cycles of that can, can you go through before you're just like, you know, what, just shut it off. Just shut it off. I mean, if, lots of humans, they, once they get to like 90, they're ready to go. They're ready to go. <laughs> they, they have no qualms. I don't think many 90, if you're over a hundred years old, I don't think Betty White was scared of dying at all. I'll mm. put it that way. Yeah. Well, that's that's because, like, as we get older, our bodies break down and we become so limited in what we can do. But if we like, if the opposite was true, and the longer you were alive, the more powerful you became, and the more you could do, you could visit like you're like some sort of omnipotent being at this point. Almost, you can go anywhere in the universe visit planets like walk around on the planet conquer the planet if you want like you could do anything in the universe like i mean i feel like that's pretty big conquering conquering has lost its like novelty right well like like alexander the great well yeah but even in grander scale like what keeps a being entertained after a million years of existence torture (laughs) 
Self-flogging or just no torturing others. <laughs> <laughs> it's disturbing to me that you went to that immediately. Pulling the wings off flies. <laughs> <laughs> to you, like you could send like a million uh, developing species into a freaking nebula and watch them all be destroyed, and it would probably just feel like you just like smashed a mosquito. Like you don't yeah, care. That's just Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it? Good? Now you're gonna have to turn. It's probably gonna become sort of like some self harm thing where you're like, oh. <laughs> you're like putting yourself through black holes for a rush. <laughs> that's like yeah, like pinhead, like the Hellraisers. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. Like how, like how long would you survive before you became so bored? You're like, I'll do anything. I'm so bored. I'll do anything other than kill myself. I mean, what can you really have done? Like, I guess the question is, how many things can you actually experience in this reality? Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could take a heavy dose of psychedelics and, and feel like you've experienced a lot of things you never thought you would. But if you're talking about someone who's been alive and conscious for, you know, millions of years, they've done it all already that we mm-hmm. know of. I don't know yeah. if there's anything on... What are you just on the constant search for better drugs? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's like uh, this is getting into like a hedonist thing, like um, the hedonist dilemma, where over time, like pleasure loses its pleasurableness because you've you've done everything, you've exhausted everything, you can't satisfy your desires anymore, and and then you're sort of left left in the cold. Yeah, I mean, like. Like like Emperor Nero or whatever, pretty mm. much satisfied every sadistic impulse he could think of, and you know, eventually you got to either just keep upping the ante. But if, there's going to be a point where there, you can't even think of anything else that you would want to experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe at that point you just pull the plug. Maybe that's what would happen. Maybe not. Maybe you'd continue living in a hellish existence. Here's a question for you. If if every human had access to eternal life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could also end it at any moment. What do you think would the average length of existence be? At what t- like what would be the average <laughs> amount of years that people choose to remain alive? Like on earth as it is now. Like this technology became becomes available today. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. I would, you want to do like an over under thing? Sure. Okay. Let's make the over under 500. You think 500? Yeah. Like basically you'd have to say like, if you choose under, you'd think people would switch things off before 500. If you think over, you think people would wait until after 500 before they would they would switch off. Yeah, and it is with to okay. So that's the that's another thing is like what what's the world going to look like in 400 years, and is there going to be a reason everybody's shutting off at 500? Right, <laughs> some worse pandemic, yeah, like another pandemic hits and people are just like i'm done i'm done with this shit and they overpopulation let's assume uh 
yeah like that like maybe that's like a valid thing like a valid point like if everyone if people just stop dying like how long before it becomes intolerable intolerably crowded well i think that if people can live that long they're gonna be able to come up with solutions to that pretty fast like if everybody can think about something for 500 years or any even just a small percentage of people who are focusing on something for that long like they're going to be able to solve almost any problem that exists i would think as far as like actual being able to habitate this planet or any other planet I think it's coming down to how long do you give a shit about your reality? Hmm. (laughs) I don't think it's 500 years. I think people would end. I think it's under. I think it's under. You're going under. I'm thinking 200 is when most people would, a large majority would check out before 200. That's what I think. Before 200 even. Yeah. Whoa. Um, Huh. Yeah, interesting. Um, I I feel like it could go longer. I think, you know, like uh, I think a lot of high quality people, you know, like high quality people, um, wouldn't want it to go longer. What makes you think that? Like, for example, uh, you saw Hamilton, right? I had to shut it off because I couldn't stand the <laughs> rapping that was happening. Well, yeah, this, this is why, like, this is why you would go under 200 because you you can't take joy from things. Dude, I'm just <laughs> glad I made it to 30. <laughs> um, well, in Hamilton, he's like, he's like complaining that he he hasn't lived long enough because he's got so much more he wants to do. So I think the high quality people. And I, I use that term with prejudice in a Nietzschean sense <laughs> would want to continue living so they could realize their ambitions. So I think the more ambitious people would go continue, the bigger your ego, the longer you're going to stay. Yeah, alive. that's probably true. That's also, you got to take in consideration your relationships, right? Mm. Cause it's a lot easier to imagine ending it when you have, you know, if everyone you love, has already chosen to end it at some point or, you know, your relationships ended. Like, yeah. do you think that would add to weaker interpersonal relationships if you could live that long? Because, you know, any relationship does require a certain amount of maintaining. Mm-hmm. And is there going to be relationships strong enough that are maintained over the course of 500 years? Yeah, that would be that would be tricky. Um Yeah, like it would it would it would be like any normal relationship, I think, but yeah, just stretch it out longer. Like as long as you keep contacting people, maintaining contact, there'll always be the connection there. But I could see I if you like, like left someone on red for three hundred years, that would human, be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> You go someone for 300 <laughs> years and then you text back, oh, I just saw this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, nice. Interesting thing to think about. If anyone wants to uh, put their, uh, give us their input on this subject, how long do you think you would last? I kind of think that human minds are designed to fit in with to the, the time frame that our biologic 
uh, biological bodies can naturally mm. survive, right? I don't think that our minds are built to uh, remain intact for that long, even if they're perfectly healthy. Hmm. Interesting. I think around a hundred years, that's when the human mind is like, uh, yeah, okay. Now it's time to end. I think there is a natural cycle there. Um, you know who would definitely go over 500? Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Jeff Bezos, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeff Bezos for sure. He's probably already 90% cyborg. Yeah. He just he... <laughs> getting his eyeballs to look more human. Yeah, any billionaire would definitely want to go over 500. Yeah, I think Mark Zuckerberg. High quality people, right? Mark Zuckerberg, high quality person. Mark Zuckerberg, Elon (laughs) Musk, and Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is the only one that even, like, invested enough to, like, time and thought into still pretending that he's a human. (laughs) Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, like, they don't, they're in the uncanny valley, I think, for a lot of people. They're like, are you really fully human? Because kind of looks like you're not. You're striking me as something that's not human. <laughs> There's something a little off. Yeah, yeah. they're in the uncanny off. valley already. Yeah, they like are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who would be in your apocalypse draft? Who would you pick? Would you want to be on Nietzsche's fleet, or would you prefer to be on, say, like uh, a hedonist fleet, or like Karl Marx's fleet? Like you can imagine all sorts of different fleets captained by different philosophers. Yeah, there you go. There's a video, there's a uh, alternative reality. They all every every house of the new colony is headed by one of these philosophers from history. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think hedonism is uh it's a fast but uh it burns brightly and shortly and then Yeah, it's good in, good in spurts. Anyways, I think we're pretty much at our time here anyone else did i say the email write us write us an email uh tps podcast 420 at gmail.com 2022 quality consistency we're coming for you anything else to add sam um no there you have it folks we take a month-long break he's got nothing else to add (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys next week.